It you know that Munich Bavaria has emerged as one of the most dynamic biotech ecosystems in Europe over the past two decades. But what's the secret behind this success? We were a lucky part of that because when we started Forest at that time, it was really due to the Bavarian government support for funding. Um, and Forest was was built. There was uh, very, there were very good terms and conditions on the market to finance a new startup um, in Bavaria, and we we decided to 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 relocate. We we started in Würzburg in in middle of Germany, and then moved over to to Martin Street because there was a hotspot and still is the hotspot of biotech. Mm. Um, and if if you then look back, basically this is really all due to the decision of the at that time of the government to sell their, their stock of FIAC Intercom and to use the money for investing it in life science. And we as Immunic are still earning the fruits of that time uh, of pretty smart political political decisions, which are maybe not, they were not mainstream. I think this was really something where, where and yeah, Vienna was just a little bit later. And then for you, it was, it's always the same. If you're early and you have a big vision, you can succeed easily. Today, I am privileged to have Dr. Daniel Witt, the CEO of Immunic Therapeutics, join the conversation. With a rich history that includes co-founding for SC and leading Immunic through its transformative stages, Dr. Witt offers unparalleled insights into the biotech world. Dive deep into the journey of Immunic, its groundbreaking developments and the challenges and opportunities of the biotech landscape. Here is what to expect in this clip. Munich's rise as a biotech hub and its influence on Immunic. The pivotal role of political decisions in biotech growth. Immunic's innovative approach to treating multiple sclerosis and gastrointestinal diseases. This episode promises a wealth of knowledge. Remember to subscribe, comment, and share. Your support helps deliver more invaluable content like this. Now, let's dive into this enlightening conversation with Dr. Daniel Witt. And now I'm curious, you mentioned that uh, in Munich, you founded the company in uh, Munich, in Bavaria, in Germany, which is, a, I think, one of the biggest and best ecosystems in biotech and life science we have in Europe. Um, it's impressive what comes out of uh, this environment, uh, how many companies evolved out of Bavaria and Munich in the last two decades. I think the every time when I look at the ecosystem, it, it's growing, growing and growing and growing. <laughs> And, and we were we were a lucky part of that because when we started Forest at that time, it was really due to the Bavarian government support for funding. Um, and Forest was was built. There was uh, very there were very good terms and conditions on the market to finance a new startup um, in Bavaria, and we we decided to 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 relocate. We we started in Würzburg in, in middle of Germany, and then moved over to. To Martin Street because there was a hotspot and still is the hotspot of biotech. Mm. Um, and if if you then look back, basically this is really all due to the 
decision of the at that time of the government to sell their their stock of Fiat Intercom and to use the money for investing it in life science. And we as Immunik are still earning the fruits of that time uh, of pretty smart political political decisions, which are maybe not they were not mainstream. I think this was really something where where the politicians at that time had more visions than maybe today. Sorry, mm. just it, it was a long a long lasting effort which where, where I personally benefited. When when was the decision? It was 1997 when we started and was all based on the, the first um, startup phase in Martin Street in 1995, 1996, mm. uh, where that high-tech initiative started. And I think the, I mean, in Vienna, it was almost empty back in the 90s. And yeah, but Vienna was just a little bit later, and then for you, it was. It's always the same. If you're early and you have a big vision, you can succeed easily. Mm, that's true. That's true. And I have a collaboration with the Austrian stock market, and I frequently get the question: um, Why are biotechs not interested list getting listed in Europe? So, what's the reason? I have a very clear answer to that because the the legal environment is preventing biotechs from raising enough money in really? Europe. European law. And I, I went to that. Look, 4SC is, was, is a public company on, on Frankfurt Stock Exchange. Mm -hmm. And I think the company would have been in the very, would may have been a multi-billion uh, company at the end if, 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 if we would listed the company, would have listed the company in Nasdaq. The problem is really that if you need money for growth and you want to fuel development of the next product, you need to have enough money. You need to be able to raise more than 10, 20% of your market cap. This is the problem. And then in, in, in Germany or in, in, in everywhere in Europe, you need to write a prospectus. And it may take three months. If you have an investor who wants to put in 20 million next morning, you need to, you need to take the money. <laughs> you need to be legally able to take the money. And on, in a U.S. environment, it's different. You you can do that. You have access to the market. It all depends on how good you are. And do people believe that it's a good investment at that time point? And you're free to negotiate. You can you can have um, uh, um, stock already prepared to give given out based on the perspective. I don't see any disadvantage for for investors on the U.S. system here. It's really a disadvantage to companies because it's really blocking capital raise yeah i think the investors in the u.s market need to qualify first before they are allowed to to enter the the bigger numbers game and in europe is it if i get it right from what you said uh it's the other way around the companies are forced to do this uh basically checks <laughs> yeah and it's so simple it, it, it would maybe everybody can do that exercise just look on which company raised what amount of money and, and in what context and I went through both experiences and I, I'm pretty glad that I'm listed at Nasdaq, honestly. It's more, it's a tough world. I think it's not an easy thing, mm -hmm. but it gives the company access to what the company needs. So you, you, uh, went public in the, on the European market and on the Nasdaq. Yes. With Munich or with your first company? No, with, if, in, in Munich with, uh, in, in, in Frankfurt with the first company, with 4C. Mm -hmm. There was in 2005, there was the only life science. Mm -hmm. IPO in 2005. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> and a tough time in the market environment, but I think only the tough ones survive. 
And and then with Immunic, we did it. We, we took a different route because as a European company, the normal IPO track is a little more challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did a so-called reverse merger. So we we bidded we we did a bid or an offer for a company which was looking for a new future <laughs> after a phase three failure. Uh, that was based in San Diego and um, called Vital Therapies. And there was a competitive process, so they they received something about seventy, so seven zero offers. Mm-hmm. Companies supposed to be acquired formally, um, and after a quite competitive process, we, we 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 succeeded in getting that through. So we they accepted our offer of a takeover, and and then they acquired Immunic Germany. We took over. 80% of the ownership, renamed the company, US company into Immunic Inc. And since then, legally, we are US company. And we took over the NASDAQ listing of the company. Ah, okay. Okay. And and then also that's that was smart. That's, that's smart, but it's also hard because at that time point, we needed to have con, um, commitments of our current shareholders of putting in more money because you can't go to NASDAQ with empty pockets. You, you mm. will be two weeks. So... How is the availability of capital in the U.S. for biotech companies? It's such a huge difference to Europe. Yeah, it is. Uh, it can't be bigger, honestly. I think it's like 100 to 1. Okay. <laughs> so I, I really think that. And it's, if you look around, most successful companies in Europe are really listed in NASDAQ. Or mm. Yeah, almost all, I think. Yeah. Biotech. Biotech is listed in the Nasdaq, I think 2019 or something. The only listing that I'm aware of was Intercell, I think also 2005, but then was acquired by a French company. Then we have Evertech, I think, listed also on the Nasdaq recently. Oh, they both have two listings, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and even Morphosis was was German listed now after the, the merger is also at Nasdaq, so... It's more or less unavoidable to do that. And and as I said, this is on the one hand being exposed to investors there Mm. and and, and because this is the right target audience as well, but also just the legal environment. And this is what people usually oversee in in judging. This is not just talking about attractiveness of, of, of trading platforms or so. It's the legal environment, which is the problem. Mm. I heard very often that um, U.S. investors like to invest in companies that have a U.S. story. Uh, and since you have a profound experience in getting a company listed in Europe and the United States, I would like to verify this. Uh, how about the storytelling on the U.S. market? Uh, how challenging is it as a European company to convince investors to put their money in your company um, and not in uh, some other options that they have on their own market? I think it's today it's a global world. We have I don't see any difference between being European or US. Mm-hmm. More your story, your knowledge, your reputation. Yeah, I think of course if you're new to the market, you don't know everybody you you, you don't know anybody there. So you need to knock on every door. Of course it's a tough time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at the end, is you need to build credibility, and it, and I think Americans don't care about where people come from. It's really more about the the, the content, and maybe the way you build your relationship. Mm. 
I, I think we have an advantage of being being in German, or it would also be true for Austrian or Swiss or whatever, uh, in that usually we don't have the tendency to oversell too much, which helps us a little bit on credibility. Um, the likelihood of getting a Theranos story out of Europe is pretty small. <laughs> that's maybe true. Hmm. Yeah, but on the other hand, I think we are treated fair. Mm -hmm. And if if we if something in if if you do something um, negative, it has the same effect as if American companies do something negative. If we are successful, at the end we will be at at the end the market works and we will get what we what we deserve. And and therefore, even if if our market cap is not where it should be, from my point of view right now. Um, But this is basically good for investors. I mean, there's opportunity then there. I don't care about the current market cap if I mm. if I raise money on that that level. Um, and at the end, um, it's a it's a binary thing. Biotechs, if they succeed, it's a big big win for everybody involved, um, and that's what we're working for. I think at the end. I mean, you have the same story. I think um, for for the uptake, like uh, Nvidia showed a couple of weeks ago. So they. Uh, Will play basically play a key, a key role in artificial intelligence, and then you have this uptake. So it's not a, a a long linear curve. Usually on the stock market, you have this when you have a push through. Uh, uh, when you present your data and it works in phase three and it works in phase two, you probably have then this development of the uh, of your stock price. Exactly, and that, that's what we're working for. And and at the end, of course, most of the successful biotech companies at the end are acquired by one of the bigger companies. Mm. Not everybody, but a lot of those. Today, I just heard that Dice Therapeutic, which is one of our, our peers in, in the information space, was acquired. Mm -hmm. Really, um, so this is a dynamic world, and 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 there you at the end you want to get the fair price for what you have. That's Should true. be mindful of what it's currently the market cap. That's true. What I'm interested in uh, that was an enlightening conversation with Dr. Daniel Witt. Today, I explored Munich's rise as a biotech powerhouse, the political decisions that have influenced the industry, and a Munich's pioneering approach in medicine. I genuinely appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you found value in this clip, I'd be grateful if you could help spread the word. If you're tuning in on platforms like Spotify or Apple, please consider leaving a five-star review. Your feedback not only boosts the podcast's visibility, but also helps others discover these insights. Sharing this episode, commenting, or even just giving it a like can make a significant difference. It's through your support that I can continue to spotlight industry leaders like Dr. Daniel Witt. I have more insightful episodes lined up for you. So until our next conversation, keep pushing boundaries and stay curious.